Hey, it's spring. I'm back. Game of Chance is back. And right now everyone is busy assessing the offseason and making a lot of predictions and pretending they know what's going to happen in baseball in 2011. So I'm going to join right in. I'm Alex Reisner, and this is Game of Chance, a show about baseball, statistics, history, culture, and the role of luck in baseball. I'm actually not going to make a lot of predictions here because baseball, after all, is a game of chance, and it's kind of silly to make predictions. Did I just call predictions silly? I mean, everyone does it. Most of what you've probably been reading and hearing about in baseball in the past few weeks has been predictions, right? Well, yeah, I'm going to call them silly, and here's why. There's a mathematical tool called Spearman's Row, which you can use to figure out the similarity between two ordered lists, like, for example, two sets of standings. So we can write down our predictions now, and at the end of the season we can put the final standings and our preseason predictions into the formula and get a single number that tells us how well we did. Now if you find someone who's smart, but who doesn't know the first thing about baseball, I'm sure you know people like this, if you ask them to make some preseason predictions, what would they do? Or you can think about it this way, what would you do if someone handed you last year's cricket standings and asked you to make predictions for this year? Assuming you don't have time to do any research, the smartest thing to do is probably just choose the same standings as last year. If you don't know anything about the league, it's probably impossible to do any better than that. Now, what if we take the person who knows nothing about baseball and a baseball expert and have them both make preseason predictions and at the end of the season pick a winner by using the Spearman's Row formula? Who do you think would win? I know it sounds ridiculous, but this is not a trick question. So let's see, I consider the writers at Baseball Prospectus to be among the best informed and smartest analysts out there. So I calculated Spearman's row for their preseason predictions for the last two years and discovered that their predictions were actually worse in both years than the naive prediction of just using last year's standings. So I did the same calculations going back to 2005 and over the past six years, Baseball Prospectus has only done significantly better than the naive prediction twice. That's one in every three years. Baseball Prospectus does better than someone who knows nothing about baseball. Now this is not a knock at Baseball Prospectus. I still consider them the best. The point is that I've also seen this study done with writers at ESPN, and it comes out the same way. And I suspect that nobody, no matter how expert they are, can beat the naive prediction with any kind of consistency. But baseball predictions are fun, and they're kind of irresistible because we feel like we know what's going to happen. Just like we feel that a batter or a team is on a hot streak, it's hard to resist making predictions and thinking the game is understandable in these terms. I guess it's probably sort of how gamblers think. And baseball is not quite as much about luck as roulette or blackjack, but almost. That's why the experts can't predict the outcome any better than a novice. So anyway... Here I go with some crazy predictions. Uh, first, let's do a quick overview of the offseason moves. I think the best player signing this offseason was probably Adrian Gonzalez by the Red Sox. That's probably not going to surprise anyone, so I'm not going to say anything else about that. I think the best organizational moves this offseason were made by the Mets, who basically brought in entirely new management. Now, I don't know how the old crew lasted so long, and it's going to take a couple of years to clean up their mess, but I do believe the Mets are finally moving in a positive and sustainable direction 
with some very smart people in the front office. I think the most exciting offseason was the Orioles. Check out the lineup Buck Showalter has to work with. Brian Roberts, Nick Markakis, Derek Lee, Vlad Guerrero, Adam Jones, Luke Scott, Mark Reynolds, Matt Wieters, and J.J. Hardy. If you haven't heard of any of those guys, look them up, because they're all good. Now, some of them are gambles, but they're good gambles, and even if some of them pay off, the Orioles will have suddenly become a very exciting team. Now, who are the worst offseason signings? I have to say the worst, without a doubt, is Jason Worth. Here's the thing. Everyone thinks of Worth as being one of the premier outfielders in the game, but I'm going to name 10 other right fielders. Ichiro, Shinsu Chu, Nick Markakis, Justin Upton, Jason Hayward, Nelson Cruz, Andre Ethier, Mike Stanton, Hunter Pence, and Jay Bruce. Worth is very comparable to most of those guys, and he's certainly not as good as Ichiro, Chu, Markakis, or Upton, and he's older than all of them except Ichiro, and yet he has the biggest contract, which, by the way, will go until he's 39 years old. Now that is a desperation move that makes you wonder, is Omar Minaya consulting for the Nationals? The most confusing and disappointing offseason was probably had by the Cardinals. Now I'm not talking about Adam Wainwright's elbow injury, which is a huge blow, but this is a team that for several years now has had an offense consisting of two or three real hitters. One of them happens to be the best player in baseball, but it's not enough. No matter how good Albert Pujols is, he's just one dude. He only accounts for 10% of the Cardinals at bats. Now, you don't need a lineup full of stars, but as Pujols gets older, this parade of the so-called organizational players gets frustrating. In December, the Cardinals signed Lance Berkman to play right field. Now, Berkman is not an organizational player by any stretch, but if you watched Berkman last year, I remember him falling over on routine plays more than once. Basically, he had trouble handling first base for the Yankees, and now he's going to play the outfield? They also signed Nick Punto, who I love, and who's a really exciting shortstop to watch, but the guy just can't hit, and that's really not what the Cardinals need. A few days ago, Christina Carl, over at Baseball Prospectus, who, by the way, is a lot smarter than me, said that these Cardinals organizational players like Alan Craig and John Jay are not only better than we think, but that Tony La Russa has a demonstrated ability to work with guys like them, and she refers to Scott Brocious with the Athletics in the mid-90s, and she says that the Cardinals should still be considered the NL Central favorites. Now, she's the one who gets paid to write about this stuff, but I don't see how the Cardinals, who are basically the same team as last year, minus Adam Wainwright, are any better than a 500 club. The Reds look like a better team, and so do the Brewers, and I expect the Cubs to bounce back, especially if Garza pitches well and Zambrano doesn't set fire to the clubhouse. The NL Central should be a good race between at least two of those four teams, and I don't really see the Cardinals coming out on top. I'll make some other wild guesses here. The Orioles and the Indians will be the most improved teams, and the Padres and the Rays will be whatever the opposite of most improved is. Most screwed, I guess. The Rangers will continue to be the most exciting team, but watch for the Angels and the Athletics to give them some real competition in the AL West. In the NL West, the Padres, as I said, are going to be really bad. 
and the Giants are not going to look like the defending champions, which will make way for the Dodgers to win the division. Joey Votto will continue playing like an MVP candidate. Carlos Gonzalez will not, but his teammate, Troy Tulowitzki, will win the National League MVP award. John Axford will lead the National League in saves. Derek Barton will win the American League batting title. Anyway, this is all insanity. It's like sitting at a slot machine and saying, all right, I know I'm going to get cherries this time. Getting it right is usually more about luck than brains. Of course, it's endlessly entertaining. And so I'll be back, hopefully, next week to talk some more about baseball. Uh, Until then, I'm Alex Reisner, and you've been listening to Game of Chance. Check out the website, gameofchance.alexreisner.com, to leave comments on anything I said today or to make your predictions for the 2011 season. Or you can give me a call at 323-223-0033.